We're just taking uh, some time over the, the next weeks to continue. We're continuing in our overarching theme of life in the Spirit. Something really just felt over these, this year, really. It's something God's been leading us in in all sorts of ways and just looking at different flavors and elements of this whole thing of, of life um, in the Spirit. And uh, uh, different ones are going to be involved over the next few weeks, which will, will be great. But it's important to recognize that <clears throat> as we are filled, we've been talking about being filled, immersed, soaked, drenched, it will be seen. It's not just something that's internal. Uh, it's something that will be seen. And the Bible calls that fruit. Uh, and today we're just going to introduce... A series, really, over the next, I think it's uh, seven, eight weeks, into, just into early September, picking up on the fruits of the Spirit. Something we did, I think, four years ago when I first came here, we, we looked at that and just felt it would be good to, to look again at Galatians chapter 5. And uh, in the NIV, it's headed life by the Spirit. In fact, a lot of the different translations head this section of verse 13 of Galatians 5, of life in the Spirit, or living by the Spirit. And so let me just read uh, these verses to you. Very famous, very well known, but just listen to them again. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Just want to make a quick note here. Uh, chapter 5, verse 13, the Greek word for flesh in this context, it, it's the word sarks, but it refers not so much to our, our physical flesh, our bodies, as to our sinful state as human beings. It's often presented as a power that is in opposition to the Spirit of God. So there is the Spirit of God and then there is the flesh. And the flesh is, and they are in opposition to each other. Verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, of the sinful nature. For the, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. So you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The law of sin and death. We'll come back to that in a moment. You're not under the law if you're led by the Spirit. Now, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discords, uh, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, says Paul to the Galatians, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, or sometimes known as forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in touch with the Spirit, in step with the Spirit, and in touch. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Heavenly Father, we just love your word. We love those times and moments where there's such clarity, such insight, such wisdom that just flows from the very words of Scripture. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit, right now to speak to our hearts and minds, to bring revelation and understanding to equip us and enable us to be the people of God that you've called us to be. And as we are led into communion, Lord Jesus, to understand again what it meant for you to take upon the sin of the world for us, to take upon my sin, our sin, that we might know freedom. Speak to us now, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Now, many of us will have grown up with these list of fruits, memorized them, sung songs about them. Uh, I think I said before when I spoke on this, I think probably four years ago, um, but maybe a little controversial, but I don't, don't think this is a, a complete or a total list. Um, for instance, I think generosity is a fruit of the transforming life of the Spirit. Don't think we are often naturally generous. Honesty and truthfulness, these are fruits of God at work in our lives. But Paul doesn't necessarily list them specifically here. So I don't think Paul has created a a total or a complete list. In other words, get these nine and you're sorted. All right? Just get these ones and you're sorted. I don't think it's like that. But it, if you look at the whole context of these verses uh, that we have read and that he's talking about, there is a difference that can and should be seen. A difference that should be seen between a person who is walking by or being led by the Spirit and the person who is indulging, gratifying the flesh, the sinful nature. There's a difference, there's a distinctive, and it will be seen, says Paul. I love this phrase that we started there, I tried to emphasize it. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. It's a great definition of a Christian, of a believer, called to be free. We're free ones, we're Christ ones, we're free. The question is, What does this freedom mean? What do we use the freedom for? There's quite a lot of conversation about that word even this last week, hasn't there? The word freedom. Monday was sort of being pitched as a freedom day. 
Um, although when we got there, there was a sort of a, <laughs> do we feel free? Are we free? What does, what does freedom look like? What does it feel like? You know, it's, am I free? Um, and uh, we are just feeling something of that caution. And, and maybe even this morning, some of you are going, oh, this feels weird. And uh, one of the reasons I kept my mask on was that I knew I was going to sing at the top of my voice, hence the reason I've got a croaky voice now. And I thought, oh, for the sake of it, I'm not, I don't want to spit on anybody else, so I'm, I'm going to I'll stick the mask on. But freedom, sense of freedom. But what is freedom? What, what does this mean when he's talking in this context here of the fruit and what is, what is seen? What do we use our freedom for? Freedom is not anarchy. Freedom is not anarchy. See, sometimes you can say, oh, we're free. We can do what we like. Is that freedom? Sometimes we've used, haven't we, in the past, we've used the illustration of sport. We're talking about the Olympics today. There's incredible things going on. And and you look at some of the, perhaps more of the team games, but there's incredible freedom that you see in, in sport in all sorts of ways. But actually, it's set within some amazing tight guidelines. And in fact, it's, it's the participating within the guidelines that gives that incredible freedom. Some of the best uh, football matches, some of the best rugby matches, some of the best, um, you know, those kinds of team dynamics. But they're within a set of guidelines. So there is freedom, but it's not anarchy. We still have choices and decisions to make. There are others to be considered also. We're considering others. Personal choice has public implications. My old friend Julian Adams, if he was here right now, he said, that's a good point there. I came up with that one myself. That's not from anyone else. (laughs) Personal choice has public implications. I can do what I like. I go where I like. I be what I like. Say what I like. It's implications. So the Apostle Paul says, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. To return to your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. In other words, your call is to be like your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality something to use to his advantage, but made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Become like your Savior. We've been saying right through this series on life in the Spirit that to be full of the Holy Spirit is is the key to living transformed lives. That as I'm full of the Spirit of God, a transformation will come. It's the key to living transformed lives, being full of the Spirit. 
When we're born again, the whole of our life becomes about learning to walk by the Spirit, producing God, Jesus, glorifying fruit. I want you to notice how Paul talks about the acts of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Basically, he's saying the same thing about both of them. He's not saying they are the same, but he's saying the same thing about both of them. What do I mean? He's saying they are obvious. They stand out. They're seen. They're on display. If you like, the true source is being revealed. They stand out. So the acts of flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. By the way, just to notice that, and the like. It's not a complete list. So if your vice is not on the list, it doesn't mean you have permission to carry on, okay? But these things stand out. They're obvious. It's interesting, isn't it? Some of them, you go, oh, goodness, that's not my life. And then you hear something like, Selfish ambition, factions, envy. You say, well, I, I've never been to an orgy. I don't, you know, that's, that's not what I do. Discord, hatred, impurity. It's a range, but they, these things are not of God, and they, they will stand out. They are seen. They're powerful. They're corrupting and destructive and they're in opposition to the Spirit of God and they rob us of our inheritance in Christ. However, those who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, have crucified the flesh. What does that mean? Crucified the flesh. They have died to the old sinful nature with its passions and desires and they've been raised with Christ to new life. And the fruit of that new life, the fruit of life in the Spirit, will be seen. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and in many other examples of how my life and my speech and my attitude is being transformed by this amazing, undeserved grace of God that has been lavished upon my life. There's no such thing as a secret Christian. You're a new creation. There's been a transformation. Your life is now going to be bearing completely different fruit. It will be different things for different ones, but it will be distinctive. It will stand out. It will break away. As Ashley was picking up on one of those phrases that Mike said. It will be noticeable. Breakaways are noticeable. Look, that person's broken. They're, they're going against the flow. I, I, I saw a thing this week. Jackie and I were talking about it. Um, I used to wear a T-shirt back in the day. Um, I'm old enough to used to wear Christian T-shirts. How many people wore Christian T-shirts? Yeah, yeah. Maybe some of you still do. But, um, but I, oh, he's got one on today. <laughs> what does it say, Mike? I can't read from it. There you go. 
That'll, that, yes, thank you, Mike. Well, that'll get, that'll get conversations going. Or, or people will run away, one or the other. <laughs> Mike says they already do. <laughs> but I used to have a T-shirt I loved, and it was all sorts of cartoon fish that were, that were swimming, big fish and ugly fish and different fish and all the rest of it. But there was one fish. It was, do you remember the, the sort of Christian-shaped fish, that one? The Christian fish was swimming the other way. And uh, it was swim. Oh, okay. That, do you want to... You, you guys, come. No, no. It's great. Oh, I love it. I have no idea where I am in my notes. I'm having fun. Yeah, going against the flow. That's not even written down there either. <laughs> There's no such thing as a secret Christian. You're a new creation. It's not just about wearing the T-shirt, but... You will bear completely different fruit. There will be moments in the workplace. There will be moments in the neighborhood. There will be moments at school. There will be moments in different family dynamics. You will be different. Because Christ is in you. Something has died. There was a time when that would have been my reaction. Those would have been my words. That would have been how I would have reacted. But I've been transformed. I've been, there's a new fruit. There'll be something distinct and different about us. Chatting with Ashley this week. Ashley was just sharing with two or three of us, got together about his road trip with Greg. If you get half an hour, ask Ashley about his road trip with Greg. Um, but they went, well, they were aiming for Scotland. Apparently they did step into Scotland and then had to leave quickly to come home. But anyway because they got met all sorts of people along the way. But did you, you reckon three or maybe four people got saved? And, yeah, and people restored in faith. So they went on a bit of a road trip. Let's see where God will lead us. It's a wonderful story. But we were, we were talking together about this. Um, and uh, how do we share the good news with people? How, what do we do? You know, looking for the examples and situations and opportunities to share the good news with people. Sometimes opportunities to speak, sometimes not. So one of the big questions is, how are we known? How do we come across with people? What's the attitude of our hearts? What's, what's the look on our faces? As we meet with people, we meet strangers, we encounter people. How we know what's distinct and different about us to those that we live and work alongside. We were talking about the environment when you've got a neighbor or a colleague, someone that you're seeing a lot It's perhaps quite different in terms of how we might witness, we might talk about the good news that we have to a stranger who we might never meet again, to someone that we're seeing and meeting every day. Do you talk about Jesus and God and the church every time you meet your colleague you sit next to or the neighbor? You might not do that, but there is a distinctive about your life, your marriage, your children, your family, and so on. These are challenging things. They're big things. But the acts of the flesh are obvious. They stand out to people. The fruits of the Spirit are similarly just that. They're fruit. They're showing forth the fullness of the Spirit within a person. Those who are living a Spirit-filled life will display the fruit of the Spirit. So over the, the next seven weeks, different people are going to pick out one or a couple of them will pick out two of these nine fruits 
and share briefly about the impact of being a follower of Jesus and how, what the impact has made on their lives and what those different fruits mean to them and how they can be seen. And for now, what I'd love us to do is to come to a moment of communion. I'd love uh, Hannah and Dave to help us with that as well, and, and Kay, if you like, for sure. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, please do go to the table at the back and help yourself if you'd like to uh, with the items for communion. But let, me, let me just say a couple of things. It's only through knowing and receiving all that the Lord Jesus Christ did for us on the cross that we are born again into a new life. So it's knowing who Jesus is, that he died for us, accepting that we need that death on our behalf, recognizing our sinful nature, turning from it and receiving his forgiveness. It's only as we know all that the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving what he did on the cross that we're born again into a new life and that then then the fruit of the new life will be displayed in our lives. If you say, oh, today I'm I'm going to try and be a bit more good. I'm going to be better. I'm going to have a bit more self-control. I want to tell you as someone who's tried that many times outside of Christ, I might do it for a day, but the next day it falls over. It's only through Christ. It's only by the Spirit that I will be gentle and kind and patient and peaceable and cheerfully generous and loving and merciful. I might have a day when I'm quite a nice guy to be around, but it's only by knowing the death of the Lord Jesus Christ all that he has accomplished, receiving that forgiveness, receiving the power of the Spirit to show forth the fruit of Christ in my life. It's the only way that will ever happen. So let me remind you again, verse 24, Paul says, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. How, how is that possible? What is that? Just a verse from earlier in his letter, chapter 2, verse 19. This is actually the New Living Translation, but I just like the way it just phrases. Paul says this, When I tried to keep the law, when I tried to be good by doing all the right things, ticking all the boxes, it condemned me. Look, you got one wrong. (laughs) You did this one, you did this one, you did this one, but you didn't do that one. The law condemned me. So what does he say? So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live to God. How? How? Chapter 2, verse 20. My old self, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Fruits, you look at these fruit and you go, oh, I'd love to be more patient. How can I be more patient? No, Christ. Die to the old self. No, I'm 
dead to that. That no longer has mastery over me. It's not going to point a finger at me because I am now standing in Christ. He has won it on the cross. He has done it and I am now in Christ. I died with him. I was buried with him and I've been raised with him and I'm seated with him. That's how I overcome. That's how I overcome. Now the flesh will point. The law will point. But I say, no, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation. I have an amazing freedom that's been given to me. But it's not to to gratify the desires of the flesh. Rather, I've been given a freedom to bear fruit. Glorious, tasty, life-giving fruit that will both display the life of the Spirit in me and be a blessing to those whom I come into contact with. So I want to say to you right now, if you don't yet know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, if you're saying, but I don't know that, Mark, I've never taken that step, I want to say right now is a moment to be able to do that. Before we take communion, maybe you've never taken communion, you can take communion for the first time to recognize Jesus died for me that I might be brought into a new freedom. His body was given. He took on my sin. Lord Jesus, I ask your forgiveness. I've lived my life against you. I've given in to the sinful nature. I've allowed those areas to influence and infect and infiltrate my life. I turn from that today. And I receive new life in Christ. I receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit that will equip me and empower me and enable me to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit that will bring glory to God. Help us today. And Lord, as we take this cup, as we take this bread, we're reminded again of what it cost you, of what it cost you, that we might be glorious fruit bearers, fruit bearers of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, self-control, goodness, faithfulness, would begin to flow from us Not because of anything within us, but because of your life surging through us. New life in Christ. Been transformed. So we come today. We feed on you by faith. We give thanks by faith for all that you've done, all that you won for us. And Lord, we pray that over these days and over these weeks, you would would cause us increasingly to become fruit bearers fruit bearers of the kingdom, that we'd be a fruitful people, that our neighbors would find us to be a blessing, that our colleagues would find us to be a blessing, that those that we work alongside, those we study alongside, those that we live alongside, that they would say, those people are a blessing. There's something about them. There's something about their smile. There's something about the generosity of their spirit. Lord, it's only by you only by your spirit, only by knowing you. Fill us again today. Flood us again today. As we take this communion, we thank you for your life given. We thank you for your blood that was shed. Just let's take some time now. We're going to 
worship. The guys will help us with worship. Just want to leave that last verse, verse 25 of Galatians 5. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. It's what this fruit is about. It's about being in step with God. If you feel you're out of step, if you feel this week you've been out of step, I want to encourage you, take a moment before you take communion, just say, Lord, I'm just stepping again into you. I'm coming again to you. I want to be led by the Spirit. I want to keep in step with the Spirit. Maybe there's an area of anger. Maybe there's an area of impatience, of bitterness, jealousy. One of these other areas, impurity. Just come again to the Lord and say, Lord, I've been out of step. I want to step again to you. He's grace-filled this morning. He's merciful this morning. He'll receive us. Wants to fill us. Wants to bless us. So let's, let's take communion together. Let's bless one another. And we'll just take some moments to worship.